0: Welcome to the Breezy Babies Podcast, where we talk about all things boobs, babies, and breastfeeding. This is episode 82, Breastfeeding in Emergent Situations. I'm Bree, the IBCLC, and I made Breezy Babies with you in mind to help ease your transition into parenthood. Becoming a parent changes your life in every way imaginable. Bumps in the road are going to come up as you move into your new role, but my goal is to help smooth out those bumps and help you become the most confident parent you can be. With good education and support, I know you can meet your breastfeeding and parenting goals. Let's do this together. Hey there, friend. How are you? How is your week going? I am getting ready to head into a holiday weekend for Martin Luther King Day. And by the time you listen to this podcast episode... Your holiday weekend will already be over. I hope that you had a good time doing whatever you were doing. Um, If you're here in the United States, I guess, celebrating that holiday. Not everyone celebrates that holiday around the world. Um, But I am excited for the podcast episode today. I wanted to talk a little bit about a recent experience that I had and to back up a little bit I've had an idea to record a podcast episode um on this topic for a while and I kept just pushing it off and pushing it off and moving up other you know topics and thinking uh eh, I don't not really feeling like inspired by that topic and then over the Christmas break, I think I already mentioned to you that I spent a few hours in the emergency room <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I thought, oh my gosh, this is perfect. I actually can, um, talk a little bit about my experience with that and mesh it with, you know, this topic that I keep pushing off with breastfeeding in emergent situations And it will be perfect. So now I know why I kept just feeling not inspired to talk about this topic because it wasn't quite the right time yet. Okay, but before we get into that, I want to read a podcast review for you. Ellen left this for me on um, um, Apple Podcasts she titled it great content and production. She said, I love the length and succinct length of each episode. The content is really direct, which I super appreciate. This has been a blessing for me as a soon to be mom and overall neurotic over planner. (laughs) Marie is very calming to listen to and empowering. Ellen, thank you so much for leaving that review as a thank you. I sent her my postpartum planner ebook, just a small little thank you, um, which I so appreciate when you guys leave me reviews, give me feedback on what you like about this podcast, what you see as improvement, future, um, topics. It's all so, so helpful. Um, I have been so busy this last week with, um, telehealth consults, and I just want to remind you that every time I send out the link for people to check if their insurance covers consults with me, there's a handful that come back denied, but there's always at least one that comes back as approved. And it is so fun for me when your insurance pays for consultations, because You get the help you need for lactation, whether you're pregnant or breastfeeding a one-year-old, two-year-old doesn't even matter what stage you're in. Um, you get the help you need and you don't even have to pay a dime. I love it when your insurance just pays for it all directly, and you don't even have to worry about a thing. And then we get a chat over telehealth and meet one-on-one. It's so fun. So if you want to check to see if your insurance covers consults with me, just click the link in my bio, or you can go to breezybabies.com, click on telehealth. And there's a link where you can put in your information. Um, it's through a company called lactation network. They do all the work for me, all the work for you as well. Check to see if your insurance covers, and then you just get an email back saying yes or no. It's so, so simple. All right, are you ready to hear a little bit about my recent ER experience? (laughs) Um, And then I'm going to tie this in with just um, breastfeeding through emergent situations in general, because I know that not everyone is going to end up in the emergency. Although I did post a story a couple weeks ago talking about this, and I was so surprised Um, actually it was a post. I was so surprised at how many of my followers came back and said, oh yeah, I had to go to the emergency room, um, three days after my baby was born or, you know, when my baby was four months old and, um, it was during COVID and I wasn't able to take my baby with me and I didn't know what to do and I didn't know how to get through. Um, And so I actually was really surprised at how common it was for these young moms who are breastfeeding to go to the emergency room. This was my first experience going to the emergency room. Um, But even if you don't have that exact experience, sometimes unexpected things happen, um, even natural disasters, which is what I'm going to kind of tie this in with. I listened to a um lactation conference where one of the speakers, her name is Lores, she lived through the hurricane in Puerto Rico. It was Hurricane Irma. It was a category five storm. Do you remember this? This happened in September of 2017 on the island of Puerto Rico. I actually was supposed to travel to Puerto Rico um shortly after this happened. And we ended up canceling the vacation and, um, it had nothing to do with the hurricane, but I was really glad that we did not end up on the Island during that time, because it was kind of a scary time. I remember there was widespread power outages. Um, there was even no water on the Island. Um, and we still had some family that did go through with the vacation that we canceled. And it was kind of, they told us how crazy of a time it was on the Island. So, You know, whether we're talking about physical (laughs) problems that could land you in the ER or, um, even natural disasters, this is all going to be very applicable to you. Okay. So the quick version of the ER. Um, Over the Christmas break, we had had some sickness in our house, just some coughs, runny noses, you know, nothing too crazy, but we just had been passing it around from person to person. Um, No one was really super sick. No one had like a fever and was feeling really sick, but just overall, we just had some junk that we were passing around the house. And at the beginning of Christmas break, I had lost my voice, but overall I still was feeling really good. Um, at the night after Christmas, I went to bed, I had started feeling congested as we went over our Christmas day, you know, um, just doing the normal stuff, opening presents and all the stuff that you do on Christmas. But I still, overall, I didn't feel that sick. Honestly, I still felt pretty good. And so I went to bed that night thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to feel even better in the morning. Well, no, it turns out I woke up at midnight, couldn't breathe, um, felt like I was just gasping for breath. Didn't know it was happening. Never had anything happen like this before. Um, so I was really confused and freaked out. I sat up in bed. I tried to blow my nose and drink some water. And I was like, why do I feel like I just can't move any oxygen? So I went downstairs, um, and opened the door, um, thinking that maybe the cold night air would help. And It didn't. (laughs) I remember thinking, Oh my gosh, if I pass out downstairs, nobody is going to know, like nobody will find me. I will be dead. (laughs) No one will know till morning. Um, and I started feeling kind of panicky. I went upstairs. I woke up my husband and I was like, come down and help me hands and knees felt like I couldn't breathe. Really scary situation. I was so freaked out that we ended up calling 911 and the paramedics came. They looked me over, they gave me some oxygen. My oxygen saturation was actually fine, but I could barely, barely even speak at this point like, barely even speak in a whisper. I was having a really hard time moving air in or out. So in the end, they ended up taking me to the emergency room. Cause we just didn't know what was going on. We didn't know why this was happening. And I just was nervous that it, my airway might completely close off. Um, while they were asking me though, if I needed to go to the emergency room, um, at first I said, no, when I said, I don't want to go to the emergency room. Um, I have a baby upstairs And the more that I thought about her and how she was depending on me to breastfeed, I started getting upset and worked up and it made it even harder to breathe. And they could tell that it was really upsetting for me. The thought of having to leave my baby. She was just so young at this point, you know, just barely two months old. I think she was actually exactly eight weeks old. Um, and so they were so, so kind. And they said, let us call to the emergency room and make sure it's okay. If your baby comes with as well. And so they did, they called ahead and they said, yep. They said, it's no problem. You can bring your baby. Um, keep in mind, this is still, you know, like during the time of COVID. So they could have said, absolutely not. Um, but no, they said, no problem. Bring your baby. So we went to the emergency room. Um, she, my husband came, my baby came, um, and it, they were just so amazing in the emergency room. My doctor who, um, was a female, um, I don't know if that makes a difference <laughs> and with her, like with her being so compassionate and just So understanding with how important breastfeeding was to me when she came into the room, I actually was breastfeeding my baby still like feeling like I was gasping for air, but I, it was like, let me just feed her now. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what my treatment's going to look like. So let me just feed her now since she's awake um, so we can get a good feeding in before we figure out what's going on. And she came in, I was breastfeeding and she was so kind. She's like, don't even worry, whatever tests we do, whatever scans, whatever medications I give to you, it's all going to be okay. It will be completely, I'll make sure it's going to be compatible, um, with breastfeeding, I'm going to make sure everything I give you or do is going to be safe for your baby. No worries. Don't worry about it. They were just so, so kind and so accommodating. And honestly, it took so much pressure off of me because I was kind of freaked out and so upset with what was happening. But just knowing that I could breastfeed my baby through all this and still give her the nourishment that she needed, um, it really was such a relief to me. Okay. So let's now move into my top three tips (laughs) because I want you to be able to still, protect breastfeeding in emergent situations. Um, so that's what my first tip is for you. Okay. So tip number one is protect breastfeeding. Even when the unexpected comes up, um, I want you to still be able to protect breastfeeding when possible. Okay. So for me, I was able to take my baby to the emergency room with me. If not, I would have taken a breast pump with me, or maybe, you know, they're there's maternity wards in the hospital. Maybe they have a breast pump that they can wheel down for you that you could borrow and use to protect your supply while you are away from your baby. Okay, you can kind of think outside the box in this situation. Um, pu- kind of pulling it back into my example with um, Hurricane Irma in Puerto Rico, natural disaster. Um, the speaker, Lourdes, who spoke on this, she really opened my eyes on this because she talked about how, um, when this natural disaster happened, there was a lot of long lines to stand in. And, um, what they found is that a lot of times moms and babies were separated because the moms had to leave and go stand in these long lines. And, Not only were they there in those long lines to get food, but formula was airdropped in lots of formula was airdropped in. It was handed out like candy, even when parents never even requested it. And infant feeding was not seen as a public health problem. So what she suggested we could do in the future is that in emergent situations, let's have a section for breastfeeding moms to sit and breastfeed their baby, even if there's a long line to stand in. Um, she talked about how important it was to protect breastfeeding and that should be considered long before the focus of handing out formula. Sometimes we consider, oh, how can we help? Well, let's send over a formula. But the th- th- crazy thing is, is that breastfeeding can be sacrificed within 48 hours of an emergency. That's not a lot of time, only 48 hours, so, formula feeding can actually be much more dangerous during a, cri- a crisis. Now, if you um think about this, you could think, well, maybe moms are really stressed during times of emergent situations. What we found is that stress does actually not dry up milk and hunger even does not dry up milk. So, it's so important to keep mom Um, and baby together, skin to skin, feed the mom, hydrate the mom. Um, and if that mom is combination feeding. Okay. So maybe during normal times, she gives breast milk and formula. This is a great time to encourage more breastfeeding. There are even times when we can encourage relactation. Okay. If a baby was primary or exclusively formula fed, Um, we can teach things like hand expression, um, and use things like spoons, cups, jars to collect that human milk. Um, you know, you again can really think outside of the box. And what about using a wet nurse, having a friend who can help breastfeed your baby. If it's an emergent situation, um, you know, there may even be donor milk, um, that will be available, but you do have to really consider hygiene during this time. So breast pumps and bottles are not always an appropriate donation. Okay. Um, tip number two is keep it clean. The power is probably going to be out during emergent situations. Breast pumps may not be an option. So hand expression, things like hakas could be really helpful to have on hand and to um, teach and offer to families in need. If formula is needed, it really is best to use ready to use formula only during emergent situations, because if you need to mix formula with water, it may not be safe during this time. Um, you know, Lourdes talked about in Puerto Rico, how refrigeration was not stable during the disaster. A lot of moms lost their freezer stash. Families didn't know how to pump without power and electricity, Um, and the thing is that it's not true that your milk is bad. If you're not able to eat as nutrition, uh, eat as nutritionously, (laughs) I can't even say that word during emergencies, um, as you do normally. Um, so again, these are things to think about. You may not have electricity during emergent situations. You may not have running water. Um, so you may have to get a little bit creative if formula is necessary to use, Again, you want to use ready to use formula. You may want to use, um, individual bottles because it's not a great time to keep things super clean. You want to clean all the bottles in separate containers, use disposable cups when needed, maybe even reusable cups, um, because you're not going to be able to sterilize. Now this is tricky because ready to use formula is liquid. It's expensive. It's heavy. So because of that, a lot of sites will receive powdered formula, and it's really important that powdered formula is prepared with clean, freshly boiled water, and it's served in sanitary equipment. Again, that can be tricky to do during emergent situations, but best you can tip number two is keep things clean. All right. Tip number three is a quick one. Have a plan before disaster hits, (laughs) um, Some of the things that I've talked about, have those on hand. If your baby is receiving formula, have a little bit of a stash on hand um, to pull from just in case You are not able to get it during emergent situations. Um, I know during COVID there's been a lot of supply chain issues and a lot of formula feeding families have not been able to get the formula that they normally feed their baby. So have a backup plan, have some extra formula on hand, um, have some donor milk on hand, um, know of a friend that you could call who is breastfeeding that you could have help you out. If you're in a really tricky, tight spot. Um, but just make sure that you educate yourself beforehand and you can still meet your breastfeeding goals. Even when you're going through these emergent situations, um, a pro tip for you is there will be times when you must be separated from your baby. Sometimes that just happens. And again, some of you confided in me that this was the case during the height of COVID And so if that does happen to you, just make sure that you protect your supply, pump, pump, even if you can't save your milk, just protect your supply. If you cannot pump, like for example, you don't have a breast pump or you don't have electricity, then hand express, keep the milk moving at all costs. Because things like clogged ducts and mastitis, they are not fun. Um, and more importantly, you just want to maintain your supply so that you're not falling into that category of your supply being compromised within just 48 hours. So again, those top tips for you are number one, protect breastfeeding at all costs in emergent situations. Number two is keep it clean. And number three is have a plan before disaster hits. So hopefully you're feeling a little bit more confident. There's probably some thoughts that popped into your head as I was talking through this all ways that you could help prepare yourself, um, and your baby for emergent situations before they even happen. Think of a good plan that you can put into place so that you will feel confident as you can, even in these really unexpected situations. Listen, I can't wait to come back and chat with you more next week. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen in. Of course, I'm going to leave you with you are strong, you are smart, you are beautiful, you are a good friend to all. Have a great week.